It's a U.S. men's national team-centric episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast as we discuss Gio Reyna's performance this past weekend for Borussia Dortmund. Plus, who is the future number one keeper for the men's national team, Zach Steffen or Matt Turner? Follow the show on Twitter at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. We always enjoy your feedback and comments, so continue to send them in. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Now... Let's get to today's episode. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast. Jake Watroba in Minnesota, Justin Sosa out in New Jersey, and you got myself here in Wisconsin. Boys, how we doing? Saturday evening here, October third. What's up? How we doing, Jake? You're um, as we always begin with nothing soccer related. You're Minnesota Twins. Please tell the listeners this fantastic stat that your Minnesota 18. Twins are, are in. 18 consecutive postseason losses. Not series losses. Not not 18 consecutive regular season losses. 18 consecutive postseason losses. They have not won a game. And I don't know the exact date. I want to say it's October 3rd, 2009. No, 2004. My bad. I thought it was the last three against the Yankees. No, it's 2004 because they won. This is how this is like how screwed up my fandom is with the twins i can recall the two times they've beaten the yankees in the playoffs in my lifetime one was game <laughs> one 2003 and one was game one 2004 they beat the yankees two nothing behind a uh, johan santana uh start and that happened to be the last time they had won a playoff game so yeah across the four major sports leagues if we're not including mls in that uh, major sports league category in this country it is the all-time record they broke the 1975 through 1979 chicago blackhawks record of 16 consecutive postseason losses and to add to, to more another fun stat to this futility they have now played 15 consecutive postseason games scoring fewer than or scoring uh, four or less runs in a game. So they haven't scored more than four runs in a game. I believe it was game four uh, against the uh, Yankees. They lost eight to six in 2004. So that was the last time they had scored more than four runs in a Major League Baseball postseason game. Thank God I'm not from Minnesota. Wow. At least they're consistent. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I mean, like, is this really – I'm 31 – uh, and the Twins won a World Series in my lifetime. I was two, but beyond that, I can I can recall all six postseason wins they've had in my lifetime after the '91 World Series. It's ridiculous. You know the funny thing is that I can recall quite a bit of the Red Sox postseason uh, victories, and they've had oh, some four. famous ones. Yes, they have had some famous ones. It's it's. <laughs> I showed you that I I tweeted you that stat, which was like the Minnesota postseason. Uh, winning percentage. I don't know since like the last time the Twins won a playoff game. It's like between the Wild, the Twins, the Wolves, and the Vikings. Uh, winning percentage of two fifty eight. 
So 26% of the time in the postseason, we win. My I don't know. The, the stat in it's Boston tough. is it's I think opposite. we're averaging a championship <laughs> like every two years. A team's in the conference finals at least once every year or once every like 12, 13 months. It's something stupid like that. I mean, at one point, we we had a potential to have all three out of the four major trophies. The Super Bowl, the World Series, and the Stanley Cup. But Bruins blew it. We could have held all three of them consecutively. That that's that's nine day. But uh Justin, how we doing? How um how are you enjoying the uh Saturday night uh Saturday night Saturday morning of soccer these days? Leeds United is a real fun team though to pay attention to. Yeah, I was texting my group chat of buddies because I was kind of pissed that Jack Harrison wasn't playing for Leeds because he's on loan from City, which I think is a stupid rule. Like I think if you're that concerned about a loanee kind of killing you in the game that they play against you like why are you sending him out alone to begin with i don't know that's just a pet peeve of mine it was but, like coutinho, um, coutinho killing barcelona well i mean that's what i'm saying like well they were already dead and gone by the time he came on so like it's not that controversial in my Probably opinion salt into the wound more so yeah it's, it's just like it's yeah it, you know it, like you got to deal with it it's just i don't know that's a pet peeve of mine but saturday morning soccer is good um Weekend in general is going good. Uh, my inner fraternity soccer team is still undefeated after five games, so we're nice. we're coasting through. There you go. You know the funny thing you mentioned the Coutinho thing. You know what I love best is how he went from Liverpool to Barcelona. He's like, I'm here to to win Champions we, League. We told you him and him and uh, Raheem Sterling was the other one too. Granted, Raheem Sterling did win a Premier League title, but he did the same thing too to Liverpool, which is I'm I'm here to win trophies and all this stuff. Well, no, the best <laughs> thing about Coutinho is he wins the Champions League with Bayern Munich, not even Barcelona. Ah, hey, you take what you can get. You take what you can get. Yeah, that that's true. Hey, uh, Everton, man, are they um, flying high at the moment? Just. Um... Something we've internally talked about. But anyway, listeners at Unksam Soccer Pod, send in your thoughts, your comments, your concerns. We're going to begin with Gio Renya, and then we're going to talk about Matt Turner versus Zach Steffen. I think Matt Turner has definitely put his name in a lot of discussion when it comes to the goalkeeping regarding U.S. men's national team. And Greg Berhalter definitely has a decision to make there. But let's begin with Gio Renya. And um, I, I don't even know where to begin. We're we're just gonna begin with initial reactions because he had a hat trick of assist Saturday morning. He he's flying high. He's fantastic. Here's the hot take: I think he has a higher ceiling than Christian Pulisic. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's that hot of a take. Actually, I tend to believe that is a a, a, a true statement. I, I think know, he's Justin, playing. You... I think he's playing better at this age than Pulisic was. Um. I also think Dorman was at a was in a different position squad wise um, than they are right now. Like with Flaubert here, I think like Reina doesn't really have that much competition for a starting role. There's a few guys here and there, but I felt like when Reina was um, when Reina when Pulisic was breaking through, I think they still had a few more of their big names that he was kind of competing with for starting spots. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I off of his early performances, I tend to agree that I think Reina is showing that he's a higher ceiling than Pulisic. As to which position, like as a winger or as a 10, that's going to, you know, iron itself out over the next few years. But, yeah, I mean, he's playing well, so that's all you can really ask for. But that's the thing. is like no one here here on the show, obviously, but I don't think anybody out there in the media is saying that Christian Pulisic by any means sucks. 
we're just saying like the ceiling here is just bigger. It's 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 a little bit higher, and that's great. I mean, I don't think anybody should be complaining. Anybody should be uh, pissed about it. I think this is great news for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, here's this young kid. Do we? Do we think this the the hype around Gio Renia is equally the Christian Pulisic? Because I think Christian Pulisic, right, isn't kind of the first. And uh, I think Jake is famous for saying you always remember your first. I think if we're talking about is the hype with Reina higher than it was with Pulisic? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. I don't think it is. And really? I think. I just remember people kind of losing their mind with Pulisic coming onto the scene. And I feel like it, it kind of felt like that, that it was like almost the first big breakthrough mm-hmm. with that young group of players. Um, and it, it, to me now, I mean, with, I mean, let's look, let's go down the line here. McKinney's at Juventus. We just had McKinney sign with Juventus. We got Tyler Adams at Leipzig. Dest is now on his way to Barcelona. To me, it's kind of like, Barcelona. he's at Barcelona. To me, it's kind of like, Okay, you're at Dortmund. Now we're we're doing this. It's like we're doing this regularly now. It's like okay, and what what's the big deal? Before when players left America and go to Europe, it's like oh geez, okay, this is this but, is noteworthy. Okay, now it's like here's okay, you're the you're the second guy now to get to Dortmund here in the last like five or six years. So it's like what? I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm super excited for him to uh, develop at Dortmund and maybe move on to b- bigger and brighter things. But to me, it's kind of like okay, we've been there, we've done that now. I think we're a little less excited about it just because it's not like this new phenomenon with u.s soccer fans where it's like we got a guy playing at a giant club in europe right now and he's promising i would i would i i think what you, most of what you're saying is true um in terms of like having a guy there in the situation where we've been there we've done that i would i would almost argue that because pulisic was the first to kind of break through at dortmund it brought more american attention and focus on dortmund and therefore when when reyna made his move over there I don't know. Personally, I felt like there was a lot more hype and attention. Like, actually, I think it was more anticipation waiting for him to get that breakthrough to be where he's at right now. Um, and I guess just like with Pulisic breaking breaking onto the scene, like that brought more fans into the into the picture and kind of just, um, I guess, brought a few soccer fans kind of around him and kind of watching Dortmund a little bit more. So personally, I feel like. Reina's Reina's breakthrough got a lot more hype and attention than Pulisic's, but I mean, what you're saying is true too. Like Pulisic breaking through at Dortmund was like the first time we've ever seen that kind of happen with an American, and so the, I guess the initial reaction was a lot more shocked than it was. It exciting. was like, oh, we can do this. So it was kind of yeah. like, wow, we finally did it. Now it's I would I would like okay, we've done this already. This is I would say I would say Pulisic showed that our Pulisic's breakthrough was more of a surprise, whereas Reina's was more excitement. Cause I feel like a lot more people paid attention to us youth development during his like kind of youth years or whatever with, with the under 17s and stuff. And so when he kind of got through, it was more just like excitement waiting for him to kind of make that breakthrough. Plus there's the name recognition too. <clears throat> Reina. I mean, his dad, yeah. Fabio Reina, I mean, that he's mm-hmm. arguably one of the, he might be the goat of us soccer. So I don't know. It uh, it's it's almost, it's almost like you kind of expect it. You know what I mean? It's it's and that's kind of a it's kind of a bad thing to place onto a seventeen year old kid's shoulders. Like, well, we expect you to be like your dad. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. I don't know if it's because the Bundesliga is on ESPN Plus, but 
Dortmund has now become like must watch TV for me now, where it's kind of, it's kind of like clear my schedule. I'm going to watch Dortmund a little bit today before it, it, I didn't really care. Even like with Pulisic, when Pulisic was playing at Dortmund, he was like, oh, I'll watch a little bit here or there or whatever. But now I'm like, I'm checking my phone and I'm not even a Dortmund guy. I'm not even a guy that like follows the Bundesliga that much. And I'm like, oh, I got to watch Dortmund. Bring his plan. You know, the the funny thing is now we've had multiple players develop in Europe. The next thing for the growth of U.S. soccer is to get an American to make the transition from MLS to a big club in Europe. Now, a lot of people will point to Alfonso Davies going to Bayern Munich. I'm talking about American specific. What about Tyler? At- Wasn't Reyna in an NYCFC's academy? Are we talking like you actually got senior minutes in MLS? I'm talking then, about. Yeah. I think we're saying. I would. I would assume this is like. I mean, I don't even think this is bias. I think this is this is an objective. Tyler like, Adams. Is, say Tyler yeah. Yeah. But I mean, here's here's where I pause with Tyler Adams. I'm talking like RB RB Leipzig is a big club in Germany. But they're the new kids on the block. Like they, where I'm talking about making the move from New York to say an Arsenal. Uh, so you want a direct move? A direct move where he okay. is inputted day one into the squad. Our, with Tyler Adams, he's a young kid, and I'm not discrediting the move. It's a great move. RB Leipzig, obviously a really good club in Germany in Champions League football. That doesn't. What I'm saying is, I I want people because I don't think the average neutral sports fan who pays attention to the U.S. men's national team is really going to be RB Leipzig. Who? What? Okay. Like, you know, it's not going to really ring a bell. But you say, oh, they went from Columbus crew to Manchester City. Then you got something going on. Then you then you get the, the wheels to turn going, oh, maybe I should pay attention to MLS because that this is where the talent is coming from. Like a Paxton Pomichol, right? Whenever he makes the move to Europe, what club is it? Is it a decent-sized club? Is he going to make the move to Europe now? I don't know. I'm, I'm just – okay. I know we're, we are going on a complete tangent. With, with When you mentioned Pax and Pomichol, it actually just sparked a thought in my head. Kind of reminds me of uh, Count Acosta. Remember when that was a hot name uh, three summers ago? What, yeah, what but you... I think – I don't think Dallas were as inclined <laughs> to, to let their player – to let Acosta leave as they are now. Like they showed with, with Cannon, like – We'll we'll set you up with a nice contract. You'll get paid in this last year that you're here, and then we'll move you along as quickly as we can. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is it, it almost it feels like the hype train behind Paxton Pomichol has kind of slowed down a little bit. Yeah, his injuries and that's don't what, help that's it what either. Feel, that's what kind of what I feel like drove yeah. the Kellen Acosta bit, where it's like, oh, remember when he was like, all right, well he's gonna he's not gonna go in the summertime. He'll go in the winter transfer window, and then it was okay. Now he's getting traded to the Colorado Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It just kind of feels like we're trending in that direction with Paxton Pomichol. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he does uh, find his way to Europe, but I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. I know we're, I know no, we're no, talking no, about no. Gio Reyna, but you, you, met, you mentioned that and it well, sparked that thought in my head. So We're, we're going to talk uh, – we're moving on here. And the question of the day list is at Unksam Soccer Pod. Matt Turner or Zach Steffen? Who is your starting goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team? And then the second question I have to that, guys, is now that we have star players in Europe, because that, let's just be honest, these are star players playing at some of the biggest clubs in Europe. My question to you is, when Greg Berhalter assembles his squad, is there going to be a gap or a divide or a conversation among the European-based players? 
because we have seen this historically with Jeff Cameron. He, he had a huge story in the New York Times. You can tell that when players are with the U.S. men's national team and they are MLS-based, they are looked as almost second class as compared to the players who've made the move to Europe and are succeeding in Europe at some of the biggest clubs. But let, let's begin with the uh, the first question there. Uh, Justin, Matt Turner or Zach Steffen, who is your starting goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team? If I had to go out and win a game tomorrow, it would still be Zach Steffen. And that's not to discredit like how well Matt Turner's been this season or you know throughout his career. Um, I don't think it really helps that he plays for the Revs either. I think in like recent years, they haven't really been that star caliber team in the East that they're, they were known for in the early two thousands. Um, but I just, I think people question like whether Stefan can actually like make saves the goalie. Like, I feel like there's a big question now with goalies in general, like, yeah, you can play out the back with your feet. Yeah. Like you can play pretty soccer as a goalkeeper, but can you actually like stop a shot? And I think Stefan has that. I don't think he's missing that in his game. Is there a few, are there a few like frailties? Of course, but I think that matters for Turner too. Um, And I mean, I don't want to use the club size as like the ultimate comparison, but like you have Zach Stefan at Manchester city and yeah, he's the, he's the second choice keeper, but he's second choice behind Ederson, who's one of the best keepers in the world. And he still gets game time here and there with the cup games and he doesn't, play poorly it's not like you know he's just the backup to be the backup let's let's not forget he's also training against some of the best players in the world too it's exactly not, even if he's not seeing the field he's still probably taking shots you know from kevin de bruyne yeah and i feel i mean goalkeepers a very weird position to argue like who's better than who based on like where they are but i feel like it's almost a similar argument to should jordan morris be starting at right wing over you know some young kid in europe like like tim Weah if he's healthy you know, should Morris be starting over him? Because obviously he's excelling in MLS and way is, you know, coming back is is doing well in Europe when he's healthy, he does well. Um, but I think it's almost a similar argument because you're, you're trying to compare somebody who's doing really well in MLS to a player in Europe who's reg- arguably still trying to find their feet in their team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting question in regards to who do you want if you had to start a game tomorrow, I guess you would. I, I think you would lean Zach Stefan just due to his experience. But I think going into the future, I, I think it's Matt Turner. Matt Turner, and fine. Here's the New England bias. I it, to me, it doesn't really bother me. I just when I watch Matt Turner, I don't know. I just I just feel more confident. I don't know what it is. They're the same age, about the same size. So there, there's not a you can't really compare on that. Um, Statistically speaking, Matt Turner has been one of the best goalkeepers in the last 18 months in MLS. I mean, he he single-handedly keeps the revs in games. I honestly think him and Gustavo Bo are the reasons why uh, are the two main reasons why the revs made the playoffs last year. I, I think there's something worthwhile. And and on top of that, despite Zach Steffen being at Manchester City and touching the ball or the shots or the balls from uh, Kevin De Bruyne. I don't know. I, I just value game time decision, regardless of what club size you're at. I think as a U.S. men's national team coach, you do need to uh, put the expectation on your players that if you're going to transfer to a big club, if you're not getting game time, 
you're you're going to be a little diminished as far as your ex, uh you know your your call up if if a player at a smaller quote unquote smaller club is playing every 90 minutes i i i think there's got to be a value system there on game time and just because you're you're playing at barcelona or juventus i need you playing at barcelona or juventus if not it doesn't mean anything for the us men's national team it doesn't mean that they don't deserve a call up but I, I do think we need to have a, a a level set as far as it comes to those expectations. But uh, give me give me Matt Turner, Jake. Yeah, you uh, you you riding the uh, the Turner train? Oh come on, Stephen. Look, Matt Turner. Matt Turner should be part of the, the national team. Okay, hundred percent. He should be on the roster every time. If this team qualifies for Qatar, he should be on the roster going to Qatar. I don't want to see. I don't even know. I don't even know what other goalkeepers there are behind Zach Steffen and Matt Turner. I don't even know what the other options even are at this point. Uh, are we gonna call Nick Romando again? Is that what we're gonna call him out of retirement? Is, is Brad Guzan still part of the plans? Because he shouldn't be. Here's the thing for me. I get it. He's the second keeper. He's probably only gonna see time playing in the Carabao Cup, playing in the early rounds of the FA Cup. He's not gonna get league play. He's not gonna see time in the Champions League uh, unless Ederson gets hurt. My thing with Zach Steffen is he played under Berhalter at Columbus. He understands the system. There's not as much that needs to be that needs to be learned as there would be with Matt Turner playing uh, keeper for Greg Berhalter. I mean, he likes to play out of the back. He likes to have a, a keeper that you know can pass the ball. And Matt Turner has to learn how to do that sort of stuff. And I mean, we're what. Uh, 11 months out from qualifying here, um, two years from a World Cup. You only have so many dates where you get these guys together to practice. I, to me, it, it's Zach Steffen. And even if, like, okay, Zach Steffen probably isn't at Manchester, Manchester City next year. There's no way, right? He's probably going to get loaned out, right? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming they didn't bring a, 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 a keeper in because of the potential champions league man and all that stuff with finances and that sort of thing they just said you know what we'll do, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna replace uh bravo with some somebody else on the outside we'll just have zach stefan be here for the year he'll practice with the club and they'll probably loan him out again to some team in the bundesliga or they'll Honestly, loan him out. i'd be surprised if it's a lot <clears throat> excuse me i i i would think they would they would see this as a uh if he does well in his little cameos this season like i think they would see this as their best opportunity to sell him like i don't i, I guess I, alone, yeah, I guess I it's alone you can you can there. yeah i, I sell, guess like alone if you loan him out the next year you can convince that team if he if he then has he but then he has to play well again for another year so I mean, like, who's to say he doesn't go to who's to say he doesn't get loaned to everton and he shows well, up i mean pickford looks like ass well just like, remember well, that's what i'm saying do everton do everton just go in and cash out on stefan right away that or you give an option to buy you say we'll loan him to you and you get the option to buy for 40 million pounds or whatever the price may be. Mm-hmm. But, or Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea's yeah, but he was terrible in the Bundesliga. Zach Steffen had one of the worst stop shot, uh, was one of the worst shot stoppers in the entire Bundesliga. He also yeah, played he playing for, for like a time that got relegated. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, but I, I don't, to me, I think you, there's a certain uh, respect to if you're a goal, good I, goalkeeper, you got to sh- keep those, some of those goals out. Just stop I mean, some of those shots. That's like that's, that's like what we pay you for. Dump on, 
That's like when people used to dump on Brad Guzan when he played at Aston Villa and Aston Villa was getting run over. It was like, there's only so much you can, you, you can't just stand in your head for 90 minutes, 38 times a year. You know who agrees with me on this take? Who? Matt Doyle. Oh God. That's <laughs> We've a... had him on the show multiple times. Yeah. Just saying. He does agree with me on this. I, the thing is, with Zach Steffen, right, being part of a, Bundes, a Bundesliga team last year, I'm curious to know how long he, as you and Justin were just going back and forth, how long does he stay with City, and then where does he go? And then we get, don't we have to see him play, like, regularly? He had a clean sheet this past week in the uh, in the Carabao Cup. I don't know who they played against. I can't remember. I would, I would, I would think. So, so kind of like what Jake was saying with it being such a tight window with qualifying and stuff, it's going to be really hard to kind of justify booting him out when if he plays well as the starting goalkeeper for the U.S., like with this tight of a window for qualifying. But afterwards, I mean, Stefan's, what, 25? So he still has, like, plenty of time left yeah. in his career. Turner is 26, it, by the way. So, I mean, it's yeah, not exactly. like they, there's, there's not a big they're, gap between both, them age-wise. They both, got, they both got at least another decade left in them if they stay healthy and, you know, relatively fit. Um, so I, I would assume I would assume at least building up to Qatar, Berhalter plays it safe with the goalkeeper position and keeps Stefan. Afterward, but, but, Justin, I, I, I can understand that. But I also – my question is – what if Turner's just on fire with the revs? I mean, don't you kind of have to to play the hot goalkeeper? I mean, but uh, again, I go back to the example with with Jordan Morris. Like, what if Jordan Morris is just on fire with the Sounders? Do you, you play, play him. I play him ten okay. out of ten times. I, I I just I want the hot hand and inform players. I I think with the U.S. with national teams, I think you have to. You wait, have wait, to... wait, 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 wait. Okay, let's. Okay, if we're gonna play this game. Let's say Jordan Morris is lighting up an MLS, but let's say Timothy Weah not lighting it up, but getting regular playing time in a better league with a bigger okay, team. But, but, but he, Who are you going with now? Okay, fine. I, mean, I, now, now I said, Jake, points. Jake, that's semantics. I, I, I say there is a is is more of a, a coin toss. But if Zach Steffen is if Tim Weah is getting regular playing minutes and he's being impactful on the field, but Jordan Morris just so happens to have the stats, then you go back and forth. Then I then I you I have to just. We'd have to do a kind of wait and see type situation, but Zach Steffen isn't playing regularly with Manchester City, and Turner's standing on his head for the Revs. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Turner. He's he's the hot goalkeeper. Zach Steffen's cool. Gets... Maybe maybe I'm just a little bitter because Luis Robles was one of the best keepers in the league over the last like five or six <laughs> years, and he never got I a mean, shot. He never got a shot. I agree with you actually on that one. I thought every time. I watch Red Bull. I'm like, why is this guy not getting a call up over? He's Russia? also, I think he's my height and I'm five, or around my height and I'm five, nine. So for him to be that consistent as a short goalkeeper on Tinder, you're six foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's one way. Hey, all right, quickly, uh, Jake, yes or no. Uh, there's a, there could be a locker room problem. European based players versus MLS based players. We've already seen it. Do you think this continues forward with this next generation of players? Yes or no? If you keep higher, this is a bad take, I think. And I think Justin's going to rip me over the coals for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways because I kind of I wear a tinfoil hat when it comes to this sort of stuff. If you continue to bring in MLS based coaches who 
value MLS talent? Yes. I think there could, could be. I think uh, I, I think Greg Berhalter might value some guys in MLS more than some guys in Europe. Don't ask me who. I don't know. But that's I'm just going to say that. I think that that could create an issue. I also think, though, with the amount of players going to Europe and now succeeding, it is now putting a lot of pressure on this young core of, of youth national players to not do what Jordan Morris did and to do what Reggie Cannon has done or to do what Wes McKinney has done or Tyler Adams, which is you can play in MLS, you can go to an MLS academy, but don't forget Alf- Alfonso Davies. Alfonso I- Davies. And he's not even American. But I think what you're seeing with Reyna, what you're seeing with McKinney, what you're seeing with Reggie Cannon, what you're seeing with Tyler Adams, guys like that who even camp a little bit, whether it was in just an academy or saw a couple years with the senior club in MLS and then got the hell out. I think moves like that are going to put pressure now on these kids coming up to get the hell out of the U.S. and get over to Europe and and try to you know perfect their skills over there. Because like Weston McKinney said, I can always go back to MLS if I want to. I don't think that was a bad take. Oh, <laughs> Why okay. you wow. that? <laughs> because I, I just I, mean, I just I don't know I I wear the tinfoil hat where I think the national team is just there to prop up MLS. It's just like a, almost like a propaganda machine. And I yeah, feel I mean, like there are like Bruce Arena was like, yeah, well, I'll pick all these MLS players over the guys and some of these guys in Europe. That's what I, I felt like. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. I don't, I don't agree that there will be a problem in the locker room. I think, I think you see it on social and social media is one thing, but like I, I genuinely think you see like the interaction between these kids that are going through the youth systems together, whether it be like same like whether it be kids who are 12 through 17 at FC Dallas who all know each other just because they're at FC Dallas or kids that all play within the same age group, like Adams, like Pulisic, like McKinney uh, for the youth national team. I just think regardless of where they are in their careers, they've all spent enough time together and played together at some point in their lives to where they have enough respect for each other to just know that like, I can rely on you to perform when I need to, regardless of, where you're at. I don't know. I think I think this I think this group of players as far as people talk about their general level of play being a lot higher than we've ever seen with the men's or maybe not ever quite yet, but like for for a young group of players uh for the men's national team in terms of talent, I don't think a lot of people talk about the maturity that a lot of them have either. Like I don't think I don't think there's really many petty or arrogant personalities in the locker room to say like Oh, Paxton's still at FC Dallas, and not yet. why are you with the national team? Not yet, Justin. They're all young. But let, the only let's, let's, see, this is this Sardino might be my Des, hot take, but pers- yeah, Des, okay. Though. So this is my personal hot take. I think I think of all the players that are currently within the setup and kind of progressing their way to potentially being in the setup. Sergio Des has, I feel like, the biggest ego of all of them, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I just feel like it's something in his game that could be negative if he doesn't learn or mature enough to learn how to kind of manage that. Like, it's great to be self-confident and know that you're good enough to play for a Bayern or a Barcelona. But, like, are you also competent and mature enough to understand that, like, these are your teammates and it's your job to bring them up and not to grade them for where they're at? You know what I'm saying? It, it's going to be interesting to see how this national team develops through the years with all this talent. Are they, you know, are, are we going to look back and think, you know, 1992 dream team, or is this going to be the, uh, 
Jake, you're the the hoop head on the show. Uh, what's the year that the U.S. men's national, uh, U.S. men's basketball national team failed at the Olympics? Two thousand eight. I want to say it was either eight or four in Athens. I can't remember which one. Was either two. Athens or was Sydney yeah, yeah. in two thousand? No, was two thousand eight London? Two thousand eight was China. London was 2012. Well, it was either it was either China or uh, maybe I don't know if Athens, Athens was 2004 or if that was. Nah, Sydney I think I think uh, it it was 08. But point being, the the team failed miserably, and um, it kind of put like you know you it's it's just not going to be well compared. So we'll we'll see. Anyway, listeners at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod, question of the day: Zach Steffen or Matt Turner? Who is your starting U.S. Men's National Team goalkeeper? Let us know. Send in your thoughts at Jake Retroba, at Justin Sosa 99, at Steven Jodrand. And until next time.